Real Golf Radio. It's a reround now on the tee. Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Protecting the rights of you and your loved ones. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio. All right, hey everybody, welcome in to the hour number three of Real Golf Radio, brought to you by Mountainland Supply. Mountainland Supply, your turf specialist with Rainbird sprinklers, controllers, drip irrigation, and everything you need to irrigate your lawn like the pros. Go to mountainlandsupply.com. You're not, you're going to thank me. It's never too early. I know we're having massive snow this week, and the farthest thing from your mind is irrigating your lawn, since you have a whole load of it probably soaking in right now, but... That doesn't last here in our desert that we call Utah, High Mountain Desert. And you need the pros there at Mountain Land Supply. They're a good friends, good sponsor of the show. Go support them. And uh, they have what you need, uh, what you need. And you can find locations at mountainlandsupply.com. Bob, this week, uh, the great distance debate. And uh, I want to yeah. touch on that. And we're going to play some some of the interviews that we had. The caddy, I thought, had some really good insights. Mitch Voges, many of you know him as well, in the 1991 U.S. Amateur Champ, former broadcaster and uh, also founder of Max Out Golf. And he still has, what did he say, seven patents from that project? Yes, that's correct. Really a pioneer in custom equipment fitting. And the USGA sent him a letter. And I wanted his insight and thoughts on what he thought of the, the distance and, and whether it was indeed a problem in golf. And uh, he responded and he shared some of those thoughts with us. We'll hear from him. And uh, hopefully we'll have some time also to share with, uh, with you the, some of the thoughts from uh, Dave Neville about the new Maverick Irons, which are in stores today. In fact, you can go to any of the Umina Golf stores up and down the Wasatch Front, and you can go ahead and hit and try all the new Maverick Irons that are available. There's three different models, the, the Maverick, mm-hmm. the Maverick Max, and the Maverick Pro. Uh, Dave uh, Neville, if you missed it, he'll tell you all about it. Deep dive into the product. He's the um, brand manager over uh, basically all, everything but putters and golf balls. And he gives us the deep dive insight from hour number one. And if you missed it, you can catch it uh, on the on, on the social channels. Yep. Also, 1280 The Zone app, if you're a fan of that, you can find us there on the 1280 The Zone app. But as I mentioned, go to one of the Uinta Golf stores, and they've been serving Utah golfers since 1971. And, of course, look, if for some reason you didn't like those irons, you got a 90-day, 100% satisfaction guarantee. But guess what? I think you're going to like them. Uh, all right, Bob, great. Uh, before we, And, again, before we hit the great distance debate, Tony Finau. Um, yeah. man, you know, what was amazing is I fall, I watched the entire final round. I shot every shot, shot for shot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm on Twitter and there's so many female fans and there's just, I mean, we all were just living and dying by every single shot, every single putt. What a heartbreaker to just, you know, have that little ticklish putt on the 72nd hole that just didn't quite go in. Of course, you know, Webb Simpson made that just poured in the, the birdie putt on the last hole. And then they go into, you know, playoff sudden death and, Oh man, it was just another great uh, hole by by Webb with a birdie, and and it just somehow doesn't fall for Tony. And you know, it looked like that thing was in the bag. He was up three with three to play, and dang it, or was he up yeah, two with the, three to play? He was up two. He, with three he to was play. up two with three to play. Um, but you know, he missed he missed the putt from about five or six feet on the on the fifteenth hole. Um, you know, sixteenth hole, uh, good putt, but it just can't just a little bit to the right, and then seventeen. Uh, I don't know what happened with his three wood off the tee. He hit it the day before and knocked it right on the green, but that thing came up in the bunker. Um, and, and, you know, he ended up making par there. And then 18, he hit it, hit it inside Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson hold it from about 15 feet. And uh, Tony, if he would have hit it just a little bit firmer, that ball would have gone dead in the hole. But 
um, but came up just a little bit short. And then Webb Simpson um, made birdie again on the first playoff hole from about 12 feet. Um, so unfortunately, Tony didn't win. Um, got a, a runner at finish, but um, you know all these things are going to help him. And uh, it's not going to be long before we see Tony Finau win a golf tournament. Everybody keeps saying that, and yet uh, I have to ask the question along with Sam. I just can't keep waiting any longer. Tony, tell me that win is on the way. Still can't believe that playoff loss designer. You have three shot leads to start the final day. You made a final group on Sunday at the I don't know how Phoenix got away either. It was of that but uh i mean even he's like how long was puerto rico it seems like 2010 he's like i don't want to rub it in but even charles howell has won since then (laughs) (laughs) and then then he he goes on to tony loved it he thought it was great yeah and he told him he said look you're gonna have to rewrite the uh (laughs) you have to rewrite the sequel when i win or or the remix but uh he, he says there uh Let's see, he said, uh, look, um, it's not all bad when you're a human ATM, uh, but uh, in the end, it's wins that we'll all remember, uh, or we'll all remember in the end. And then he yeah. drops this little nugget. When will Tony Finau win again? Uh, that was a little ode there to Tony Fino. Even Rocco Mediates got 10. He drops in there. So there was a couple of great <laughs> one-liners. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you want to check that out, we retweeted it at Real Golf. And that's Sam Harrops, at Sam underscore golf. And uh, as you mentioned, yeah, Tony liked it and had some fun with it. And I think it's yep. classic. You know, Peter Jacobson liked it. And he said, great job, Sam. Reminds me of Jake Trout and the Flounders. So yep. I thought that was pretty yep. cool. So yeah, that guy's that guy just won Twitter. He's gonna he's gonna have all kinds of stuff going on. Maybe he'll start having to make these little ditties uh, for different all the types. time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You never know. You never know where. Maybe he'll go. do one for Jordan Spieth next. Oh, when will Jordan Spieth win again? Wow, Bob, <laughs> it's not looking good. It's been rough. Yeah, you know he he uh, he played a, a. I don't know. I'm 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 dumbfounded. I, I you know you see him. Like uh, a few weeks ago, you see him play a couple good rounds to begin with, and then 
you see him tank on the weekend last week, you know. Um, and then, you know, he's playing at, at AT&T Pebble Beach this week, so hopefully he'll play better. Yeah, you know, and you know what people are saying on Twitter? They're like, is this the year where his pro-am partner beats him straight up? <laughs> I mean, Jake Owen's like a two handicap. Jake Owen, yep. He's like a two handicap, Bob. I mean, yep. you know, it's it's uh, it's 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 pretty sad. Uh, I mean, this guy's one of the one of the greats of this generation. I, I guess that maybe that's unrealistic to say because it's so young. But look, I mean, what he's done is unprecedented. He's right up yep. there with with the the greats of all time. And just whether he can get it back together and continue the run. But anyway, uh, the great distance debate, Bob. Uh, it, it's. The USGA and the RNA coming out this week and, and saying, look, golf has a problem. They have a distance problem, and we got to figure something out. And but there's basically two things that it says. It, it essentially, with, with all this increased distance, it, uh, it, the inherent strategic challenge presented by many golf courses can be compromised. So they're basically, and I think that's what Mitch Vogus was saying too, right? I mean, yeah. he calls it old school or old man stuff. Yep. But basically, guys just hit it straight anymore. They don't worry about curving the ball. They don't have to curve the ball. And if there's any trouble out there, they just hit it over the top of it. And, and they can swing as hard as they can because there's no ramifications. So is that old, is that old school, old guy kind of stuff? Or do we just need to embrace that, look, this is the new golf and let's all enjoy hitting balls? Bombs, as Phil, Phil would say. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more that way. And, and I think you've got to realize that everything that they're gearing this towards is the elite player, the guy that hits it the farthest, the guy that's the strongest, the guy that's the best player in the world. These are the best players in the world. There's, you know, a, a couple of a couple hundred of them playing on the PGA Tour and, a, and probably another couple hundred on the European Tour and other tours around the world. They are the best golfers on the planet, the most competitive golfers on the planet. And they play a different game than the regular amateurs do. And that's okay, by the way, uh, that they yes. play a different game. And so maybe they need to be governed by different rules. Maybe they don't need to do anything at all, quite frankly, because I, I'll contend that golf is in the best place that it's been since in my lifetime. You know, uh, it, it's there's more golf to be seen. Uh, there's yep. better athletes at the game, the better representation of our sport. Uh, the golf equipment is is the best it's ever been. The golf course uh, manicuring is, is is the best it's ever been. I mean, it is it's a fun time to be in the game of golf. Golf is is cool right now, right? And golf, when you were growing up, Bob, I mean, even when I was growing up, and I'm 14 years younger than you, golf wasn't really the cool thing to do. You no. know, we 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 did it because we got tired of. You know, after playing football and basketball, we didn't want to go drag the field and try to get it all ready for baseball. We decided we'd go out and hit some balls and play nine holes for free. I mean, that that, yeah. that was the reason why we did that. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that's, that, right. that, that's one of the one of the reasons is that uh, the strategic challenge, you know, you, you don't a reduction in the variety, length and creative creativity of shot types uh, needed. Well, look, come play around with me. And see what kind of creativity is needed to get around some of the places I hit it on the golf course. So, again, to your point, Bob, 99% of us or more need all the technology we can handle. Any kind of and distance help. is a benefit, yep. right? Yep. Uh, second, the second part of the equation is the overall trend of golf courses becoming longer has adverse consequences. And, and I do buy into some of this, right? I mean, you talk about the, 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 we're losing some land. You talk about the water conservation. You talk about uh, playing, uh, how long it takes to play, you know, all of those types of things. I, I get it. And then, of course, some of the golf courses becoming obsolete for elite competition. I guess I don't even necessarily care about that. Like, do the, do the members at exactly. Marion, do they really, are they really all bent out of shape that they can't host U.S. Opens anymore? I bet they enjoy playing the golf course without the USGA coming, tearing it up every few years. Yep. 
Yeah, right? And all and all the infrastructure that they have to bring in to bring that to to get that golf tournament to to work and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I as far as um as far as golf courses are concerned, you know, you can play them as far back as you want or as far forward as you want. So I, I, I don't necessarily know if I accept that contention. All right. Well, so look, those that that's what's being talked about. And, and I do think that and I thought you made a great point, too, Bob. They're not calling a bifurcation, but they're just saying that they might have a local rule called local it, quote, rule. Unquote, where you yep. can essentially have different rules, but they're not different rules. Yes. They're one set of rules with a local rule, which makes it the yep. same, but it's different. What the? <laughs> thought we were simplifying the rules of golf, USGA. Come on, man. Yeah, help me out a little bit here. So anyway, we want to get more into this. Uh, well, let, let's let's start with uh, with the caddy uh, and yes. get his take because I thought this kind of this discussion rolled right in with him and and he he cites some things which uh, you know we've we've gone back and and looked at it and and maybe some of what he's contending is is a little exaggerated but at the same time I, I think he makes his point and has his stance and uh, we'll see where this thing all shakes out but there's certainly a lot of ramifications the entire trajectory of the game the business the the professional level all could be altered based on what the USGA and RNA decide to do it, it it's could have some major impacts and ramifications anyway here's our we continue the conversation now with America's favorite caddy coming up next we'll also uh, hear what Mitch Vogus has to say and by the way it's brought to you in part by Zion's Bank when forgotten who keeps us in business there are bag rats and then there are caddies Baby. pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA tour we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper. Here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. Oh yeah, that caddy joins us every week right here on Real Golf Radio, and I'm excited to have him on this week. we got a big topic, this new discussion about distance. Hey Houston, we have a problem with distance according to the USGA. Caddy, how are you, man? New, new discussion? New, new discussion? Well, it's official. Let's let's say it this way: it's officially a discussion now. I, I I figured I thought it was officially a discussion about fifteen years ago. Well, it's officially officially a discussion. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. I think it jacked up when the Pro V One came out. Well, <laughs> maybe the big maybe the big Bertha, but really the Pro V One I think was the time when it was like whoa. What's going on here? I, that, that's what I remember. Remember, you could steam it, and it would really go forever, and all that kind of stuff. I think it was yeah. when I think it was when they started uh, using metal in the golf club industry. Composite chat. Yeah, there's there's interesting tech technology changes because if you think about it, for a long time, you had steel shafts, wooden heads, and wound balls. Hey, wait, wait, wait! No, for a long time we had wooden shafts. And feathery balls. That's, that's correct. But yeah. for a long time, you had steel, head, steel, steel shafts, wooden heads, and wound balls for a significant amount of time. And I don't know that – I'd like to know, did, did the guys in, in 1980 hit it a whole lot longer than Sam Snead did in 1945? I don't think they did. I don't think the length increased a whole ton. In that time, you hear these stories of Sam hitting it 300 yards. So, yeah, that's you know that was a huge drive in 1980. 300 was massive. So, that's what I'm saying is you, you, they would have had some improvements along the way there, but it was probably relatively similar. And then all of a sudden, when compositor metal heads came out and 
Graphite chats have been around but weren't really useful, and now all of a sudden they were. So now you had a lighter, longer club head, bigger sweet spot. And then we jumped to the two-piece ball, which was the huge jump from wound to two-piece. And then the progression's gone on from there. So. Well, it's and it's not only it's not only the wound and two piece, but it's also the engineers that are able to um, engineer those dimple patterns and stuff like that, so the ball can stay in the air longer, that it launches higher, doesn't spin as much, that kind of stuff. Let me before yeah, we first, get to, wait, hang on, Caddy. Before we get too far down this rabbit hole, I, I got to just ask you the question that the USGA has posed, and that is their their findings is that we have a problem. The game has a problem with distance. Do you think that the distance that the ball is hit today is a problem for the game of golf? At the pro level, one hundred percent. At every other level, probably not. Okay. Or the amateur amateur level, high level of golf, the the one half of one percent that plays at that level, amateurs and pros, yeah, there's a problem. The problem is, at Firestone, you used to walk off a green and go right over to the next tee. Now you take a right turn and go the other direction 140 yards. And if you do that 14 times around, your round is a half an hour longer just because it takes you longer to walk there. At Torrey Pine, on the 14th green to the 15th tee, U.S. Open tee, is, I believe, 180 yards. Maybe 200. Wow. I have to measure it. Backwards. Backwards. So if you, if you complain about rounds being slower today, well, knock 30 minutes off them because you're walking that much further now. Okay. Now that's a valid, that's a valid concern. I'm, I'm, I'm down yep. with that. Next valid concern is all the classic golf courses, virtually two of, two of one, virtually everyone, Cypress Point excluded, but they don't play tournaments there. But virtually everyone has had to, make all these changes, cost lots of money, maybe hurts the original design of the course and all this and that to accommodate the one half of 1% who's hitting it 40 yards longer than they did 30 years ago. So I would argue, and I'm guessing here, I don't know the numbers on this, but I would, I would guess in 1945 and in 1980, the jump in distance was maybe five yards, maybe 10, but it wasn't 30 or 40 like it's been over the last 20 years. So it's a shame that they've take, let's take, let's take football. They, they don't have to make the field 110 yards long because it's players against players. Baseball. Yeah. You, you could argue baseball. If the ball's getting used, it's flying longer. You have to adjust the stadiums. Now imagine if they had to rebuild the, the fences on all the major league stadiums. That's basically what they've done in professional golf. Mm. So, yeah, uh, it's a big problem. Okay, so the, to, so oh, sorry. Go oh, wait a second. Let me ask. Let me ask you a question. You do a lot of you do a lot of yardage books, and you know what golf courses look like, and the conditions of golf courses, and that kind of thing. There's things they can do to a golf course to slow it up, so the ball doesn't go further. Uh, what you know, whether it's deeper rough, which we've talked about, whether it's slowing up the fairways by making them softer, and and um, maybe not cutting the grasses tight. And then uh, what you always say that you've got to make the, the greens firm and hard. Would that all bring back the ability for those guys to, uh, to maybe not hit it, hit it or not want to hit it as far. Um, and scores go up. I don't think you want to limit the guys from hitting it as far as they can. I, I think you want to limit it as far as they can hit it. Interesting. Yeah. Because I, I want, Look, everybody has always loved watching a guy bomb a drive. I remember reading a thing about 
uh, it's probably Herbert Warren Wind who wrote it, but he said everybody loved Sam Snead because he could bomb it, and everybody loved a long hitter. And look, there, we've always had long hitters before the golf ball, and never all the equipment got super long. So the argument is, well, the fans love to watch guys hit it long. Yeah, well, they loved hit, they love watching guys hit it long when 280 was long. It's no different than now. They love watching Don Daly fly corners that no one else could fly. But he wasn't as long as they are now. So it's, it's relative. It's all relative. But, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, it's changed the game. It, I don't know that it's, it has changed the game some, but what it's really done is that it's kind of ruined a lot of classic golf courses. It's taken out what they used to be. It's, it's made them – number nine – I always point to number nine at Firestone, Bob. Everybody used to drive it into that hill and have like a four iron off an uphill side hill liar or a five iron or a six iron if you killed it. Now the whole world flies the hill. They put the tee back 30 yards. Everybody flies that hill and hits a sandwich in there. It's a joke how much easier it is to play that golf course than it used to be. It's got to be three shots easier now. Yeah, 450-yard par fours um, back in the, in the 70s and 80s were like monstrous. Oh yeah, and, and and now we're and now we're seeing 500 plus in major championships. Yeah, I think the bigger problem is is that it also has really exaggerated the difference between the average Joe and the professional. The pros yeah. used to hit it. The pros always hit it longer than amateurs do, but now there's pros who hit it 60 yards past other pros. That didn't really exist. I worked for one of the shortest hitters on the tour. And Davis Love was the same age as me in college, and he came out there when I started caddying, and he was about 30 yards longer than the short guy. What, I mean, the short guys now are, they could be 60, 70, 80 by, behind the guy. But is that necessarily so, equipment or golf ball, or is that players being stronger and fitter and that kind of thing too? Um, I think it's mostly equipment and golf ball because I think – now, this is, again, not a technical analysis because I don't know the real answers here. But I believe that guys um, – I believe longer hitters get a disproportionate jump or a proportionate jump, which means a lot gaining 10% at 300 is more than gaining 10% at 270. It's, it's only three yards, but that's what I'm saying is they get, they probably get, I know a lot of guys felt like the longer guys got a lot longer and the shorter guys got a little longer. That's what you heard a lot. Now, is that really true? Now you got to ask the tech guys about that. The thing I look I at really, is I, 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 you guys are older than I am. So you saw a lot of these guys, but I look back at, you know, even Billy Casper back in the day, wasn't that large of a man. Arnold Palmer was not that big of a guy. Jack for being as long as he was, wasn't huge. Sam Snead was pretty thin. You know, I, I hear about the stories of Frank Stranahan, you know, and how big that guy was and the fact that he could bomb it out there. And, you know, so there, there's, there's a few like outliers uh, back in the day of guys that were just big. You know, I don't know that the game ever really realized that you'd have a Dustin Johnson, a Tony Finau, a Brooks Kepka looking player that was out there playing golf and swinging the way they are. So uh, I have, I, I probably agree with you, Caddy, that that is the case that the longer, longer than the short now, but m- I think a lot of it has to do with the physique. No, I disagree with that. I think you had, uh, what I'm saying is, is that 
the, the there were certainly guys. Gosh, I mean, let's go back to Greg Norman. Nobody's ever been in as good a shape as Greg Norman. He was ridiculous. And and for the probably time. Sam Snead and probably Sam Snow. You see Greg Norman right now at age 60? There's probably not 10 guys on tour who are in the same shape he's in, and he's 60-something, he's 60 three years old. He's probably better than all but 10, in better shape than all but 10 guys playing the PGA Tour right now. Mm, uh, we we can agree up, to disagree on that, but okay. Put him up Put him up there. I mean, I'm not saying he's strong, as strong as he was, but he's in ridiculous shape, but he always has been. But I, I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, look at Arnold Palmer. That guy was ripped when he was young. He's probably as strong as anybody now. And so was Jack. Jack was big, but he was strong. And and Sam Snead, I'm pretty sure Sam was super strong when he was 25 years old, as strong as anybody is now. Um, so I I think are there more guys who are physically able capable of, of generating speed? Yes. But Bob, what happened? One big difference is if you generated that kind of speed with the older golf balls and spinny balls and different equipment, right. it went sideways. You couldn't play. As uh, right. You couldn't play golf. We, you, you, play, you can kind of play golf now as long drive contest and wedge and putt. That's pro golf now. It was never like that until recently. So I don't know if that's such a good thing. Tony Finau doesn't play like that. Tony Finau could play like that. He doesn't play like that. He can hit it 40 yards longer. You've seen that video. He's not, oh, yeah. he's not doing that. He's not doing that, but some guys are doing that. Hmm. So interesting. I think a lot of I think a lot of young players, if you watch stuff on video, you watch what people are doing. I think the direction is maybe to try to play like that. I think that's how Matthew Wolf is trying to play. Let's hit it as far as we can. Swing, you know, max out. Like I'm national long drive on the tour. Right? I'm not I'm not a I'm not necessarily trying to be the best driver I can be. I'm going to be the longest hitter I can be and then see if I can play from that. But it, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. And do you think Ooh. something should be done with that? It's the well, wrong direction. Could be, gr- could be could be grumpy old man. I w- what I will point to all the time though is the, the shame of it at all. That what is the shame? Is that we had to alter all these great golf courses to accommodate this for a very tiny handful of people. It just seemed a shame that it got to there. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm all for making it easier to hit a golf ball solid because that's one of the hardest things on the planet, and it's what draws everybody to the game. Hitting a shot solid is it. That's what gets you. So any equipment that can make it easier to hit a ball solid, I'm all for that. But distance is relative. If 200 yards was super long, then 200 yards would be plenty. If 700 yards was super long, then 700 yards would be plenty. Well, forever and ever, 300 yards used to be super long, and you didn't have to alter any golf courses. You didn't have to do anything like that because it kind of was the same forever, and then all of a sudden now we had to add on 30 yards on every hole. All right, that was the caddy who joined us uh, right here. Really good insights and thoughts, and you know what? Uh, I, I'm with him. I mean, caddy says that uh, the distance you have to walk green to tee is adding an extra 30 uh, minutes or so to PGA Tour events, the, the rounds that it, that it takes them to play. And then if you – monitored the equipment, then that would govern the way guys could swing or how hard they could swing, which again, I'm not so sure I'm on board with that. I don't know that we need to roll back any equipment, but uh, we'll see what happens. That segment brought to you in part by Siegfried and Jensen, 801-222-2222. Short break. We'll come back here from Mitch Vogue just next. 
Hi, this is Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen can help you if you've been injured in an accident. However, one thing we can't do is change the amount of your insurance coverage. You need to do that before an accident. By calling your insurance agent today, you can significantly raise your insurance limits for literally pennies a day. You'll be shocked to find out how little it costs to really protect yourself and your family. To learn more about this and other important elements of an accident, visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. This is Bob Casper for Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm a Traeger guy, and I got their Timberline 1300 from Barbecue Pit Stop. It comes with a Wi-Fi app where you can see and adjust your cooking temps while sitting on your couch or if you're out and about. My Timberline has 1,300 square inches of cooking space and the ability to cook up to 12 chickens, 15 racks of ribs, or 12 pork butts. I love my Traeger grill, and you can pick up yours today from Barbecue Pit Stop with locations in Lehigh, Salt Lake, Layton, or at barbecuepitstop.com. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant, game changers even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts, and I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus it's one of those moments you'll always remember the first thing can teach young people how to hit a driver or how to stop a ball out of a bunker the true success is measured by how well they perform off the golf course by how well they use values like confidence perseverance and integrity in their daily lives the first thing helps young men and women become better golfers but even more important better people get involved visit the Hey, ever wonder how your favorite golf courses in Utah look so good? Pros and golf superintendents agree you should turn to Mountainland Supply for your turf irrigation needs. Mountainland Supply is the exclusive Rainbird golf distributor in Utah. What does that mean for you? When you need irrigation products for your lawn, you can trust Mountainland Supply will not only have what you need, but they can assist you in designing your sprinkler system with smartphone technology controllers, drip irrigation, pipe parts, and tools. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. Whether you're a casual golfer or an avid golfer, let You Into Golf help you fill your wish list with the season's best deals in golf. Featuring special holiday offers from Titleist. Save on Titleist Pro V1, Pro V1X, and AVX golf balls for only $39.99 a dozen. And save $30 on Titleist Vokey SM7 wedges for only $119.99. And while you're there, register to win free golf balls for a year. You Into Golf offers an exclusive 90-day satisfaction guarantee. You Into Golf, helping golfers' holiday dreams come true since 1971. 
It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back to the Mountainland Supply Hour of Real Golf Radio, the official Rainbird Golf Irrigation Supplier for the state of Utah. When it gets spring, if you want your lawn to look as good as your favorite golf course, then shop where the pros shop at Mountainland Supply. Go to mountainlandsupply.com. And we had a chance to catch up with Mitch Vogt, just 1991 U.S. Amateur. He is an equipment guru as well, and he got a letter from the USGA asking his opinion about this distance debate, so we brought him on to talk about it. Hey, Mitch, how are you? Gentlemen, I'm doing great. It's always good to hear your voice. Yeah, good to be with you as well. I, I hear your voice, and lots of memories come back from uh, Oak Hill and Whistling Straits. And, you know, it just uh, we, had, we had some good times. I appreciate the opportunity to, you know, I know you really wanted Bob to come along, and you just felt bad, so you invited me to come with. I know I was a kind of a package <laughs> deal, but I always appreciated the chance to be out there. <laughs> you know what? You surprised me. You were really good. Oh, but, uh, I'll I pay you later. Days, you know, <laughs> No, that was that was really fun. You know, we got a chance to do just the major championships, and like I always said, you know, I'll get up early to see who's playing well at Augusta or the British Open. I should, probably shouldn't say this, but I said, I, you know, I'm not going to get up early to find out who's doing well at the Shell Houston Open. But uh, you know, we got a chance to work some of the majors and the right Cup, and it was just great fun. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. That was it was a good time. About you know, I think about the Ryder Cup coming back to Whistling Straits, and I think about some of those places that I perched myself on to do some play by play. I mean, you're almost <laughs> a billy goat climbing around that golf course if you're not in the fairway. It's pretty that's, wild. That's one. That's one tough walk out there. You can get hurt walking up and down some of those slopes. I mean, they were severe, and and what they have is the land of ten thousand bunkers. And guess you could have. DJ about that coming. Yeah, in. right. The bunkers yeah. are but we perhaps not. We got to work that broadcast together too. Yeah, that was yeah, a good that time. Was great yeah. fun. Yeah, good stuff. Well, Mitch, I wanted to uh, again wanted to bring you on to, to hit this distance topic because uh, you know as Bob and I were talking, we said we had to reach out to Mitch and see what he's heard. And lo and behold, you actually got a letter from the USGA. Tell us a little bit about how that went down. I did. I got a letter, and they uh, they were soliciting input from it. What it said was all all current former yeah, USJ champions as part of the research project. Interesting that they did the same thing in two thousand two. Do you remember when that letter came out? And what they said was, "We got a problem. We need to. You know, we don't think that any further distance gains are going to be are beneficial to the game." And yet, you look back and see, you know, what's going on with driving distances today, even opposed to two thousand two, and it's, it's a different game, guys. So, so what, so what do you, what do you think, what, what do you think took him so long from 2002? Now we're at 2020. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, they started, uh, started this, this research and that kind of thing. Why did it take so long? Um, Bob, I really, I have, I have no good answer for that. I can tell you this, that the game has changed dramatically. You know, what used to be a game of of consummate skill and judgment. And, and it's, I wrote back to him. I wrote back a pretty lengthy letter back to the USGA. And, and I tried to, uh, you know, illuminate some of the things that I grew up in the, in the game that, that I learned to play. Um, I think the game right now requires far less skill to play than it used to play. And I'm not one of these guys that says, Hey, back in the day or back when I was a kid or any of that kind of stuff. It's just, it's more like basketball right now. You know, you look at the NBA, everybody carries it, everybody palms, everybody travels. There's no three seconds. You're either a dunker or a three-point shooter. You know, the game has just lost a lot of its, to me, a lot of its beauty and a lot of its skill, and it's the same thing with golf. You know, guys could go out there now, and, and when, you know, I look back in 1990, Tom Pertzer was a leading driver on the tour. You get any idea how far he hit it? 1990, 30 years ago. 
I'm going to say two sixty five. Uh, well, it was actually two seventy nine something. Oh, okay. Okay, that was the that was the longest hitter out there. When I first started playing golf, the rule book in the back of the rule book it had a it, it had a recommended yardage for each of the for the bars, and it said that anything over four seventy five was a par five, and any hole that was five hundred yards, it was debatable whether you could get there or not because big hitters were hitting the thing two sixty. And so you had to hit it. You had to just to nuke it twice in a row. Well, you get a 500 yard par uh, par four right now. These guys that hit it at 340, they got 160 left. They're hitting a nine iron. Is that good for the game? I, I really don't think so. Mm. And I go back. I was trying to think of what hole it was. You know, Bob. I used to. You know, I'm rooting for your dad like crazy. And I remember, you know, watching him at down at Doral. And there's a par three on the back nine. I'm wanting to say it's around 12 or 12 or 13 or something. Where I remember those guys used to hit four woods at it, three woods, two oh, yeah. irons. Made. Yeah. The guys are hitting five and six iron now. And I'm thinking to myself, is, is that good for golf? They don't have to have all the shots anymore. Most of the players, they have one shot. They just they bomb it 100 miles in the air, and it just goes straight. And when I was, when I was younger, I, I, fortunately, I got a chance to play with Johnny Miller at BYU. And he's the only player that I ever saw it, in that era whose natural shot was a straight ball. He had to go out there and try to work at the shape at one direction or the other. Today, if you go stand on the range at any tour event or any high-level amateur event, the balls all go straight. And because they go straight, guys just swing out of their gourd at it hard. And I, I joke about this all the time, but if you watch any golf on TV, you'll watch a guy swing just as hard as a nine iron or a wedge as he does with his driver. And what's the first thing out of his mouth? Go. You know, they just, they, you know, get up, go. They're, they're just lashing at it. Now, other than Tiger Woods, I'm going to throw this back at you guys. Other than Tiger Woods, what player on the tour right now shapes the ball, works it in there, and gets a whole high, a really high percentage of the time? Is there anybody else? I think, I you, put, think, I think you put Phil in that shot makers group. Well, he's, he's he almost 50. Work, but he, does, he doesn't but he doesn't have the touch. That's what I'm talking about. It's not just working the ball. He just, he doesn't get the ball hole high, like around the hole, like, like Tiger does. And when I grew up, you know, playing, I think the best iron, best iron player I ever saw was Johnny Miller. The second best iron player I ever saw was Taylor. Irwin. You know, I got a chance to watch Hogan play a little bit. And I got a chance to play with, with, with Billy Casper and with Arnold Palmer and Jack Nichols. But, you know, and I've and I've played with Colin Morikawa a couple of years ago when they had the U.S. Amateur down there in, in Southern California and the Walker Cup, and got a chance to play with him and you know some events leading up to that down there. And he's a great young man and a terrific player, but he's just he just he hits a hundred miles and the ball's not moving a lot and they got one shot. I mean, really, you could give these guys four or five clubs and they shoot the same score no matter no matter where you play. Give them a driver. You know, eight iron, nine iron, and a couple of wedges and a putter. Okay, Mitch Vo just joining us here on Real Golf Radio. But let me ask you this, Mitch, because I guess what what we're trying to decide is distance bad for the the way the distance is going. Is it bad for the game of golf? Uh, I only say that because it, to me, golf is in the best place it's ever been. When you look at it from a professional standpoint, the guys. Uh, from a pro- professional standpoint, are making more money than they've ever made. There's more people attending golf tournaments. There's more sponsors out there. Uh, there's better TV coverage. 
you know, the, the multimedia from TV to print to social, digital, everything. I mean, it's it's really fascinating. And, and your golf is attracting more and more athletes. Uh, the Tony Finales of the world, guys that have options of playing other sports and they choose golf. Uh, the amateurs, uh, I get it that the game, you know, when if you take certain numbers, the, the game is a bit stagnant and has been for years. But, uh, you know, advances in equipment, uh, the equipment businesses are making more money. Guys seem to be purchasing more equipment and playing. I know out here, at least around us, the golf clubs are full where we went through years where, you know, we were trying to do anything to get memberships to fill up. So for for looking at all of that, um, golf seems to be in a great place. So while it maybe isn't the same workability or have the same um, art maybe to it that it had in the past, does that necessarily mean that it's, quote, bad? Well, let's let's put it this way. The game is merchandised well. The economy's good right now. All the things that, that give guys more spare time to go play. A couple of days ago, Colt Nose decided to hang him up. All right? Yep. Why? Remember what he said? He says, I can't keep up with the distance these guys hit it anymore. Do you think you're yeah. going to see any more Tom Kites or Corey Pavins or even Mike Reeds? Are you going to see those guys out there flourishing on the tour anymore? No. What you're going to see is guys that just play smash and grab golf. They just bomb away. And that's the game. And, I'll, you know, is, is that good for the game? I don't know. If, if, if hitting it longer was, was the answer, why do we go, go away from the British golf ball? Yeah, you know, small you ball. 20 yeah. yards further. The, the small ball. Yeah, yeah, just go to the small Just go to the small ball, right? You, know, you just pick up an easy 20, 30 yards. Obviously, the USGA at the time didn't think that was the answer, so they outlawed that and they went to one ball. But I think if, if you look at the game right now, I, I just think that the game itself, I'm not talking about merchandising on TV or who's making money off of the deal. We're talking about long-term growth effects of the game and what you're going to do with, with, you know, with agronomy and then taking care of you know, maintenance and golf courses and buying the land and moving bunkers back and, and adding new tees. You know, you can ask yourself the same question. Is baseball better off with a smaller strike zone that they have right now, you know, going from the waist basically to the knees instead of from, from the armpits to the knees and with a juiced up baseball. Now you get banjo hitters that are hitting 25 home runs a year. <laughs> Pop flies go to the warning track. All right, that was Mitch Voges uh, who joined us in our number two. It's brought to you in part by our good friends at Hoops Vision. Don't forget, get out to Hoops Vision at hoopsvision.com. Schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 on your LASIK procedure. Uh, You can't beat it. These are the pros, pros, the best in the business. Go to Hoops Vision, hoopsvision.com. Stay tuned, more Real Golf next. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried & Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried & Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedJensen.com. Temperatures are dropping, and you know what that means. Frozen pipes, busted sprinklers, and worse. Turn to the experts at Mountainland Supply to get you the right products for your yard that will last this time. Mountainland Supply is an exclusive Rainbird Golf distributor in Utah. That means the golf pros and superintendents trust Mountainland Supply and Rainbird for their sprinklers, controllers, pipe, and everything they need to irrigate their golf courses. Shop where the pros shop. Go to mountainlandsupply.com. 
to find the location nearest to you. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant, game changers even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts, and I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus it's one of those moments you'll always remember hi fellow sports fans it's ned siegfried what would we do without sports following our favorite sports teams whether it be the jazz or the utes or the kooks takes our mind off the many challenges in life accidents and their resulting injuries are certainly unexpected challenges that many people are forced to deal with if you're one of these people we'd love to talk to you about your situation Call us at 801-222-2222. We'll talk to you for free. Or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Hey guys, BT here, and Bob and I are two happy customers of Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm absolutely in love with my new Yoder YS640S. This is the most versatile smoker grill I've ever used, and its Wi-Fi makes it a cinch. I feel like a barbecue pit master. Hey, whatever you need from grills and smokers to rubs and sauces, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton, or online at barbecuepitstop.com. Whether you're a casual golfer or an avid golfer, let you into golf help you fill your wish list with the season's best deals in golf. Featuring special holiday offers from Titleist. Save on Titleist Pro V1, Pro V1X, and AVX golf balls for only $39.99 a dozen. And save $30 on Titleist Vokey SM7 wedges for only $119.99. And while you're there, register to win free golf balls for a year. You into golf offers an exclusive 90-day satisfaction guarantee. You into golf, helping golfers' holiday dreams come true since 1971. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us. Segment brought to you in part by Zion's Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Also, by Barbecue Pit Stop and BarbecuePitStop.com. Don't forget... Even though it's wintertime, you can be out there running your smoker. Just uh, It depends on what kind you get. Either get a blanket to go around it, or Bob's got the Traeger Timberline. you got those double walls in there, insulation up. Yep. Yeah, I did some uh, awesome jalapeno poppers for Super Bowl evening. So it was awesome. Mm. Good stuff. I saw you sent me a picture of that. I like that. I did. Yeah. Well, yes, I did. All the rubs, sauces, and uh, equipment you need to be a barbecue pit master at barbecuepitstop.com. All right, here's Dave Neville, Callaway Golf, with a deep dive on the new Maverick Irons. Yeah, we just have a lot of momentum. Uh, it's been it's been awesome out on tour. Mark Leishman getting the win at at Torrey Pines, and then of course you know the Golf Digest uh, 
five stars for innovation, perfect score on the fairway woods, 20 and 20 stars, hybrids, 20, 20 stars. Um, you kind of ran the table there on the, on the gold medal. So it, it's something a lot of people look at and, and we're proud of it. Um, and sales have been going uh, really well. And I got people sending me their TrackMan numbers, which I, I love to see <laughs> on Twitter. So that's a lot of fun. Hey, let's talk so, some irons. This is uh, this is interesting. The irons I'm playing, you actually did not come out with a replacement um, for uh, for the Apex 19s. Uh, those are still in the hot list and still right up there. But we do have new Maverick irons. Uh, t- talk us through. You got three versions of the new Maverick irons. Yeah, I mean, it's continuing our theme with AI and artificial intelligence. So these are the first irons we've ever designed using artificial intelligence and machine learning. So what does that mean for the golfer? Well, it means that there is a unique face for every single iron, and not just every single iron, but every loft of every iron. So the three iron is different from the four iron, different from the five, different from the six. So what you see with a lot of other companies is they basically design the seven iron, then they use the spreadsheet to design down to the three and up to the pitching wedge. Well, that's not the case with Maverick. Every single iron is unique and different. That's because each iron has a different uh, job to do. So, so tell us some of those features and benefits. You've got um, flash face cup technology. Of course, you've got the, the tungsten energy core and also your, your microspheres. How do those all relate to that new flash face or that uh, AI face? Yeah, so the AI, um, we're calling our flash face cup, and that's what I was saying in terms of the topography is different and unique because, say, in a three or four iron, you're, you're prioritizing ball speed and launch angle. And then as you move towards the middle iron, you're, you're looking at spin rate and also ball speed. But as you get to the, the 9, P, and the A, you're looking more at spin rates and descent angles. So each of these irons is designed differently for, for each of the unique jobs. The tungsten energy core is all about getting that weight low and deep, and that allows us to have a really deep CG, which means you launch the ball higher in the air, and then we're able to strengthen the loft. You know, we're accused of loft jacking all the time, but we're actually able to strengthen the loft with the tungsten energy core to get the launch that you want. And then finally, the urethane microspheres are all about feel. You just get incredible feel from them, and they have these tiny air bubbles, so the face is still able to flex. So we have some of our best technologies that are coming even from our Epic Force iron, and now we're bringing them to Maverick, which is in the core, the meat of the market. I want to ask you about the three models that you have available, but you brought up loft jacking, and uh, first of all, is that such a big deal? I mean, I get it, right? If you're simply changing the lofts and putting a different number on it, then yeah, you're messing with guys because now you're talking about trajectory, you're talking about the approach angle and things like that. You can't just do that or you're, you're going to have uh, nine irons that are coming in hot like eight irons, not how you want them to. But if you can get the launch characteristics correctly, but you can then give a little less loft so that you can pick up some distance with, while still maintaining the launch characteristics, I don't see how that's a bad thing. But it, apparently there are those that just are relentless about it. Yeah, I mean, we take a lot, a lot of heat about it, but I think people are kind of misinformed uh, on this issue because they see loft as the be-all and end-all, and that is just one part of the whole dynamics of the golf club. You know, the launch angle is really important. The spin rates, the descent angles, all those things are really important. But as you, you said, Brian, when you get the center of gravity using the tungsten really low and deep, the ball launches higher in the air. 
And then our face cup itself, the splash face cup, is good for about one to one and a half degrees of launch in itself. So that if you don't strengthen the loft, your ball is going to be ballooning. And I think that's what people don't understand. They expect with these irons that are, they're, they're players' distance irons. They're meant for, for distance. Uh, that if you, if you don't strengthen the loft, you're going to have balls that shoot straight up in the air and people are not going to be able to control them. So, I mean, we always laugh about it that we're, say that we're required to, to, to strengthen the loft. But when you strengthen the loft, you get more ball speed. You're still getting the launch angle that you're, you're looking for. So tell us about the three models and uh, the types of players that would, would play with each of these individual models. Yeah, this is really important because we actually have changed this a little bit from where we were with Rogue. So with, with Rogue, we had Rogue Standard, Rogue Pro, and Rogue X. And we've changed it a little bit up with, with Maverick. So we'll start with the Maverick Standard. This is going to be the iron that has the stronger loft we were just talking about there. This is going to be our longest iron. It's kind of like with the driver, the Maverick Standard driver. That's our fastest shape. That's our, our longest driver. Same thing with the Maverick Standard. So this is a game improvement iron. You know, it's going to be good for anybody. Maybe there's a seven handicap up to a 15 plus handicap. That's kind of meat of the market. That's the Maverick Standard, our longest iron. Then you have the Maverick Max. And we've changed this from where we were with Rogue X. Maverick Max now, this is going to be our easiest to hit iron and easiest to launch iron, typically for the higher handicapper, typically 15 and above. It's got a wider sole. It's got thicker top line. It's the easiest to launch iron that we have. Still very long, but it's going to be super forgiving, easy to launch. And then the Maverick Pro Iron, which is a phenomenal, beautiful, beautiful iron, has all of the technologies we were talking about. So the AI face, the flash face cup, urethane microspheres, tungsten energy core, but in that player's package in a really compact shape it's kind of somewhere between i would say apex and apex pro in terms of the shaping so definitely a better player iron single digit um player you know probably someone who's in the three to eight handicap range they want to look at the pro somebody likes to to work the ball but still very forgiving because it has all of that technology so really wide lineup we feel like this is going to fit a ton of different golfers all right, that was Dave Neville, Senior Director of Brand Management, Callaway Golf, joined us here with a little deep dive on the new irons. Maverick irons available. You can get them at UNA Golf, uh, three locations to serve you up and down the, or not three locations, several locations to serve you up and down the Wasatch Front. Serving Utah golfers since 1971, home of the 90 days satisfaction guarantee you went to golf. All right, that's going to do it for us, Bob. This has been an interesting one, a little equipment insight, a little more of a deep dive into this uh, debate on distance. And uh, just, just a parting thought, this is going to be years in in the making. This is not something that's yes. going to go overnight. Even the USGA and their findings says, look, this is we're not in an emergency situation. We just want to start the conversation. We want everybody to be on board. They want it to be a collaborative effort. That's all well and good. I'm telling you, it's not going to be full collaboration by everybody. No. It's just not. No. Uh, and, and there's, a, like I said, a lot of ramifications on this. We'll continue the discussion, continue talking about it. Tell us what you think. Hit us up on Twitter, at Real Golf. I want to know what you think about this. Does golf have a distance problem, and what should we do about it? And what do you think, ultimately, is causing the distance problems? Is it, is it strictly equipment? Because uh, I'm telling you, outside of the, the pro game, I'm not so sure that that is what it is. All right, thanks to Dave Glauser, our producer. For Bob Casper, I'm Brian Taylor. We'll see you next week right here on 1280 The Zone. Thanks for listening to Brian and Bob on Real Golf Radio. Join us on Twitter at Real Golf or on our website at realgolfradio.com.
It's been real. 